Before we get started, there's something I'm really excited to share with you. It's no secret that we think diversifying your income is incredibly important. One way that we do it is by investing in rental properties. We've done a ton of research, interviewed experts, and invested over $100,000 of our own money in income-producing rental properties. I am proud to announce that we're launching Rental Properties for Passive Investors. It's a course on exactly how you can passively invest in rental properties. Like our podcast, it's incredibly actionable and details exactly how we've both purchased and managed our rental properties. It also includes a year of investable, the analysis tool we use to make sure the rental properties we purchase are actually profitable. Finding the deal is half the battle. You need to know your numbers to make a profitable investment. We're running a pre-sale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Dollar bill. People spend their whole life seeking to earn it, but won't spend 10 minutes seeking to learn it. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew. How are you and what are you drinking, man? Good, good. I am much more relaxed because I've had time to really consume this beer while we bullshitted about literal bullshit. <laughs> about taxes. Um, and, and maybe uh, fittingly, I am drinking a bitch's brew. It is from <laughs> Dogfish Head. Um, yeah. Ooh. Dogfish Head's good. And it it lives up it? to the name. The Sea Quench Ale, I think. Yeah. One of my favorite beers. The the I mean obviously the 90 minute, the 120 minute IPAs, they just there there have been a few out there ones and I guess they try that I haven't liked, but generally speaking, uh it's it's a top like their their brewery is a top for me. Mm. I saw a tweet the other day and I wonder if you agree with it. it said that IPAs are just pumpkin spice lattes for men. now i feel slightly embarrassed (laughs) or wait it was an instagram account that's what it is there's an instagram account called uh called middle class fancy and it's hilarious (laughs) just like a bunch of jokes about like going to chili's or driving like a corolla and cracking open like a bush light or something (laughs) in college Screw Bush. We were Natty Ice. Were you Natty oh. Ice? Team yeah. Natty Ice? Natty Ice. Like, see, if you're having a party and people smell, like, people <laughs> spill beer, you want to be able to smell it in, like, days after the party. And you can't necessarily get that with Bush like you can with Natty. Like, it just smells <laughs> like a shithole. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you want to make sure your apartment smells like a proper shithole. That's right. I didn't start drinking beer until I was 21 or 22. So I skipped the entire Natty and Bush and Bud Light and all that, and I went straight to uh, Lining Kugels. That was my first beer. You know, I was I was straight edge when I graduated high school. Had tried Black to sing on the hands for for serious, and this was back when like you know, it's like I, I shot for my clothes a pack sun, and I'm a I'm a skateboarder. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, go to college, and there was like this super nerdy fraternity. They're like, "Look, we don't haze." And you don't have to drink. You just like do whatever, play video games. I'm like, great. I'm going to join this fraternity because I don't drink. <laughs> and like, it was like a week and I was, I was drinking like <laughs> no one's business. <laughs> you don't have to drink, but 
we're going to peer pressure you into it anyway. But you may want to. <laughs> You're probably going to want to. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, I just I couldn't stand the taste of beer for a long time. Uh, mm. What finally got me over it was Summer Shandy, which is basically like half lemonade, half beer. And then I went from that to like Blue Moon, which is like, you know, orangey. I started classy, dude. I was like Smirnoff Ice. I was, I, I was like, only wow. experience with Smirnoff Ice is, uh, did, did your college buddies ever do icing? What is, that sounds terribly dirty. Tell me <laughs> it's more. It's not that dirty. Basically, <laughs> basically like you hide a bottle of Smirnoff Ice. Where do you a, hide it, Thomas? Where you, do you hide it? <laughs> you hide it in a place where like your roommate or friend is eventually going to like go to do something else and then like see oh it my god i'm just thinking of the dirtiest places that you're hiding in no okay you don't like put a bottle up your asshole or something like it's <laughs> it's like you you hide a bottle of smirnoff ice in your in the dryer like once your roommate's clothes have finished so like when he goes to pull his laundry out there's a bottle there and then like because you surprised him with it they have to drink the whole thing like they have to chug <laughs> it right there that's called icing and that's, that's like awesome. the only time i've ever drank smirnoff ice Though there is one variety that Anna really likes for some reason, I don't know. Look, when I was younger, like Mike's Hard, that was the that was the shit right there. Oh yeah, oh I, it was like almost interchangeable. Like there's <laughs> there, it's all the sugar, all the goodness. There you um, go. Yep. Hey, it's hey, I don't drink soda. I don't like sugary drinks. But if it's you know alcohol like Mike's Hard, it's good. It's hmm. fine. Okay. Speaking <laughs> speaking of drinking, I, I have a good story that perhaps like leads into. Um, what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I, I've found an affinity for Vox and uh, especially like their videos. Like they're just like crushing it. There's like really interesting stuff. They're really good. And uh, they had this thing on wine and, and I, you may have like heard something similar, but it's basically like expensive wine is bullshit. And mm-hmm. for all the reasons, basically experts can't taste the difference. Experts rank wine differently, you know, Basically, it's all over the place, and uh, when people don't know the price, almost like universally, they they prefer the cheaper one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's it's like n- not even like random chance. I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, what whatever. I don't know why. But uh, when there are dollar values involved, people prefer the most the more expensive one. Yep. Um. And so, like, why? Why why do they want the more expensive one? I guess it's like status or like perceived value. Mm. Like I guess whenever you whenever you assign some sort of numerical value to something, people tend to gravitate to the one that's thought of as best. And, and maybe look, it's, it's perfectly because we normal. Look, maybe it's because we look to external indicators um, to judge the quality of something, which mm. there's actually a bunch of like evolutionary psychology behind this. Um it's like a useful mental shortcut, like mm. peer pressure and like going along with what everyone else is doing is a useful mental shortcut. Like if everyone's running a certain way, you're doing you the same probably want to run that way because there's like a T-Rex chasing you or something. That's right. not true. Those were way dead by the time we evolved, but or some are sort they? of, or are they? That's true. <laughs> I've seen that movie with a rock in it. I think they went to the center of the earth and there was a T-Rex or something like that. Maybe it was the guy from the mummy. I don't know. I, I, I was going to say, I wish be. I could get it, but I think, isn't The Rock in every movie now? He is in every movie. Yeah, all of them. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think it was the guy from The Mummy who I can't but, even remember his name. But so, but before we go too deep, I want to say that. So so we have like these evolutionary reasons 
you know, like you said, to, to choose like, so you have like dollar value as, or, you know, like crowd choosing mm-hmm. to, to help you decide what is good, but it turns out it's actually counter to what you often like or want, right? Yeah. Like, like without numbers, people enjoy the taste of the cheaper one more yeah. for whatever the reasons are, but you know, given a price that that's like, well, obviously more money is better. Uh, and, and I often find like if we're going to like a restaurant, it's like insanely high ranked, like, you know, the five out of five sets this expectation. So yeah. you go and it's really hard then to live up to expectations. Whereas you go to a three and you're like, ah, it's like, it's like medium price. It's like medium, whatever. We're just going to go and have a, and then it's like really awesome. You're like, holy shit. It's actually a five. Yeah. Actually, my favorite restaurant in Denver is one that was like a solid like 3.6, 3.7 on like Yelp or something like that. Um, I don't know, maybe it was like a four. And the other thing is it was like it's it's known as an oyster place, and I don't like oysters. Mm. But I needed to find a restaurant for this date night with Anna, and uh, we were just like, I can't find something, so she wanted me to pick. I picked it because I was in a rush, and we went there, and we were like, oh, my God, this place is amazing. And now it's our favorite. So it could have been blind luck, but it could have also been the fact that I went in there without crazy expectations because mm. I mainly was just like, I picked this because I needed to pick something. So uh, people often like fetish, fetishize, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Fe- yeah. Fetishize like, um, I don't know, like really, really fancy things or like a really nice car or I don't know. People who have billions of dollars, you know, or or like, I don't know, startup culture or whatever, all these ridiculous things that people fetishize that um, really and and like in reality are nothing what they want. And and I think uh, I think about like the show and the podcast and like the site and the business and oftentimes I have to go to the bank. It's like, what's the name of your company? Listen, money matters. Like I almost like feel like weird. Like I, I like the name is like really like on the nose and it's whatever. Um, and, and, and in a way it's like, it's like money porn, right? All this stuff that we're mm. creating, but I think it misses uh, like the, the actual purpose of, of like, uh, like understanding like value, like what, what is really important? Yeah. So like, not money, essentially. Well, yeah. Money is important when you don't have it, and then like not important when you do. It's one of those things that has like a very diminishing uh, returns mm. kind of thing. Like the more but, you get, like the less it is useful to you. I guess personally, at least. You know. Um. So so yes, but like there's this whole like sect of the personal finance space classified as frugal, right? Yeah, and I, I followed plenty of people. You know, Mister My Mustache is obviously like the most whatever popular of, of that, and the, the like. These people spend money on nothing. Like, like they will they'll buy like two. Some people will buy two ply toilet paper and split it and ro- re-roll it, and now they have two rolls of toilet paper. Uh, and right, so uh, and and that is perhaps like the same exact. <laughs> <laughs> but days are not water fountains, Thomas. <laughs> what does that but, mean? But <laughs> I don't know. I saw I saw it in a show somewhere. I thought it was funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but that that is the same problem on the complete other end of the scale, 
right? Because like where you want this BMW and so you're going to go and you're going to put in obscene hours, sacrifice your time, perhaps your life, whatever, get the BMW. Uh, on the other end, you're like, well, fuck money. I'm I'm not about it. I'm not going to spend a lot. And then you you actually go out and do the same thing in complete reverse and, and dedicate as much time and, and effort, you know, like avoiding spending money. And I, I think mm. like both sides, and I think that m- unfortunately most people are living more towards the extremes than in the middle. And I think they, they both just like miss the point. Yeah, man. Balance. Mm. The universe needs balance. Thanos was right. <laughs> <laughs> and look. So with the frugal people, mm. I think you have to ask like, what what is the motivation for being frugal? Like if you have a ton of debt that you really want to get out of, it's making your life miserable, then like, sure, be frugal. That's cool. Like if you, you know, if you just don't make a whole lot of money or you're like taking care of your mom or something like that, absolutely be frugal. Like go crazy mm. with the couponing. Though I do think in those cases, um, a lot of people end up sacrificing a lot of time they could be using to maybe educate themselves and increase their income potential. But, you know, that's a consideration for a different day. What I take issue with, and I think, like, it's very easy to get sucked into this dream, is, like, some of the people in the FIRE community, like, Mm. the financial independence retire early community, they get so wrapped up in this idea of, like, retiring early that they stop living now. Mm. And, like, that, I think, is where we need to talk about balance because there's definitely the whole, like, let's work hard now so we can reap the benefits later, and I absolutely believe in that. But there's like that, and then there's like going insane and splitting toilet paper because you want to retire when you're 40. Well, okay. And yes, so I completely agree. And and I want to talk about uh, perhaps not like the overspending or the underspending or like the the crazy retire early thing, which I had even wrapped myself into, but but perhaps like reflecting on the whys and, and getting to like the core of, of the decisions that we're making. And, and I'm just going to go on a limb. Like Laura and I constantly reflect on the things that we do. And, you know, we talk about money all the time amongst ourselves on the show. Laura edits the show. So she hears me like sometimes to, to me, my voice twice. Like I'm talking to her and she's listening to me. Mm. Uh, and, but, but, but we still make uh, mistakes and we still, when we reflect find out that we're, we're actually not doing the things or, or like the actions we're taking are not congruent with what we want, mm. you know? And so it, it, it was like, uh, I was talking to you before and we we're talking about like projects and like, I, like, well, I think we both kind of have like project creep where like over yeah. time I acquire more and more projects and all of a sudden I'm doing a, a little bit of work on a million things. And then like, I kind of, my focus snaps back, you know, after a talk or a yell match with Laura. And then like, we're really focused. We make progress. Yeah. And I think the same is true when it comes to money, at least for us, you know, where we have our, our North star and we always get a little lost, you know? Yeah, I definitely get that too. <laughs> Absolutely. have the project creep. So, do you think the project creep is due to money and like the pursuit of more or is it interest in just too many things? Like what causes it for you? 
I I think uh, you like you forget what you want. I th- I think that's mm. really um, what whether uh, like it comes to spending or, or the project creep or whatever. I think that there's you know if we, we were saving for a goal or there's something that we wanted to do um, in in like the journey of getting there. Uh, there's a million distractions and like, damn, if we don't get distracted, you know, uh, it was, it was not that many months ago. And, and Laura and I found ourselves spending an ungodly amount of money on an incredibly unsustainable path, which is not like congruent to like how we grew up, um, either of us, like, or, or what we want. And so like in through like reflecting, we came up with this, like, uh, refrigerator method and, and you know how can we control our spending you know but but i guess uh what i want to talk about is, is perhaps like um the the reflection process because yeah. uh money is just a tool right like you're investing yeah. it and you're doing all these things you're listening to the show so it won't be an issue for you but like in you know, I don't know, consuming every episode and becoming obsessed with all the little things. You actually create a new type of issue or maybe you had an issue of a lack of money and now you have an issue because that's it's all consuming. Yeah, it's true. In fact, I'm trying to think here, like what other what other necessity of life do we feel that we need to keep accumulating? Just like, mm. and there's no end. Cause like you don't like you breathe in, you breathe out. You don't feel like I need more oxygen and I need yeah. to like breathe out less. Like, Hoard keep it. it <laughs> you just you <laughs> use it and then you exhale and you're good to go. Like you don't think you need to drink a thousand gallons of water a day and store it. You just drink water when you're thirsty. But with money, yeah. we just feel like it's almost like a score. Yeah. Instead it's of like a, a tool uh, that we're using. Kind of like what you said in the beginning, it's like a ranking system, right? You, yeah. you want the you want the the songs or the five star rating, you know, and you want yourself to be like a five out of five. Or man, it's a terribly poor analogy. And maybe but. it's just fear of losing your standard of living. Mm. Because I guess the other things, like you could, I guess most of the other things you reasonably assume you're going to have until you die, like you reasonably assume you're going to be able to drink water and eat food and have like a roof over your head of some type. But I guess we're like all painfully aware or we have it drilled into our heads that like money's the one thing that could dry up before you die. So you just have to like keep accumulating it. Yeah. And so, so let's say um, everyone listening who, who uh, they were to send you, uh, you know, Thomas at collegeinfogeek.com and, and email on how they spend their money and what they spend their money on. Right, just like a breakdown of all their finances, and, and I would wonder uh, how many people would actually be embarrassed, or even like through writing it all down and enumerating it, uh, would be like, like actually like see, like oh my god, wow, I can't even believe like I'm doing this wrong or I'm being so dumb about this. I don't even need to email Thomas at collegeinfogeek.com. I, <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I, just, I, you know, I can just make these changes in my life, and and so I guess, uh, it, it maybe it's perhaps like interesting to think like what would a stranger say about how you ha- deal with money, mm. you know, 
That's a pretty good exercise, actually. Like, I don't want a million people emailing me all their finances, but that might actually be a useful <laughs> exercise. And maybe you could go through it with somebody who's closer to you than me, mm. like your wife if you're married, or maybe a best friend, or your mom, or someone in your family. Like, have somebody actually look at your spending habits. Because it's so easy to justify what you're doing to yourself. Yeah. But not to someone else. And, and you know, it's funny you say that because uh, – so we have, like, our our personal money. We have our, our business money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, over the course – and it's not all that different from our personal money. Got out of control with all these things. With the business and, money? Yeah, just, like, I don't know, like, investing in all these things and starting all these projects and just kind of being crazy. Mm. And, you know uh, – to, to be frank, uh, as like you kind of make these decisions and move forward, I, I don't want to really have to justify them. And I kind of know that maybe they don't all make a lot of sense or, or maybe I made a decision and now I'm almost like committed to this decision that, that I, in the back of my mind, I know is, is not correct. Um, I, I, I guess like if so, I, I you know, you have a conversation with with your wife or, or whatever, um, they, they could put it back into perspective because just because you made a poor decision, like I want to hire Thomas for whatever, you know, it's, it's That's not, not like a, a poor decision. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually, not... wait, you could you could hire me to like juggle and that's probably a bad decision. Mm. I'll give you that. <laughs> but like you, I guess you could back out from you could back away from some of the decisions you made. Yeah. But with certain other ones, it's it's harder to back away. And like if you detach your ego, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're getting at here is it's very easy to sort of like lose your grip on, on your values. Mm. And as a result, you start using money irresponsibly, maybe because, you know, because you're distracted, you're spending more because you're not staying disciplined and, you know, the things that you actually want to do at your core. Um, or you start you start uh, paying more attention to like these external indicators, like these ranking factors and like, you know, pricing that makes things seem better and you end up living for money, not using it as a tool. Hmm. You end up using it as, as way more than just a tool. You end up using it as like your North star, which makes you less happy. So from a reflection perspective, I'm curious, like what do you do to keep yourself on track beyond just talking to somebody or like, how do you, do you have some sort of structure for when you're going to talk to somebody? Like you guys have like a once a month money talk or something like that? Mm. You know, I think that, you know, there's a certain amount of trust in, you know, I will make good decisions. Laura will make good decisions. And uh, in lieu of fighting every month and guzzling a bottle of wine, you know, we, we pull it out a little bit. Um, but... I, th- I think like kind of allowing your, your feet to be put to the fire is a good thing because uh, I, I bet you, I mean, and I, I think you know that if we sat down and talked about your money, Thomas, I would railroad the shit out of you. <laughs> I mean, you you know I would. I, I, I have like inklings of where you put your money, but honestly- Maybe I mean, you should. I, right? I, and think about how good that would be for you. But I also know that if I showed you what I- was putting my money into. <laughs> you may also do the same 
And after we have like a ridiculous fist fight or feel like shit, we'll probably be better off for it. I almost wonder if we should do an episode just called We Go Through Tom's Credit Card Statement. (laughs) 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 And you spent what on what? What? (laughs) Well, okay. So, so I think, um, you know, and if, and if you're still like with us, you know, it's, it comes down to what do you value? Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, money is like a store of value and, and you essentially are going out and earning money so you could do things that you value. And uh, like, are you being true essentially to yourself? Um, yeah, I think this is about self-awareness and like a regular constant self-awareness. Um, you know, constantly coming back to your values and using that as a as a guiding principle when you make decisions or where and when you um, when you think about like your wants in the now. So a great example of this, Martin's car like just broke mm. the other day. So he had to buy a new car. So he went down to Colorado Springs, he got his new car. Wasn't his car actually your past car? No, that car that car he gave to his stepdad, which apparently oh, okay. still works. So mm. when I say Martin's car, I mean the Ashley's car that they mm. basically shared. Right, right. Uh, which was like this tiny, teeny little Saturn from like 2001. And it just broke. So I went to the Colorado Springs. He got a new car. It's not a fancy car. It is a newish car. It's like 2017 or 2016. Mm. So it's got some cool bells and whistles. But it's not a fancy car. But even though it's not fancy... Him getting it made me start thinking, like, maybe I want to get a new car. Mm. I don't need a new car. My car works perfectly fine. But I was like, well, Martin got a new car. What if I got a new one that also had a cool backup camera and Bluetooth audio? And what if I just got a Tesla? Because that, that would be pretty cool to have. And it was like kind of like infecting my thoughts for a few days, even though like deep down I knew I don't need one. And then I remember watching like a Gary Vee video where it's just like, like this tiny little clip where it's just like the fastest way to not buy Porsche, the company, is to buy a Porsche. Because <laughs> I, th- I think some 20-year-old kid was interviewing him, and he was just like, I want to start a company, but it's hard for me to save money because I like fancy things, I like fancy clothes and stuff. And Gary's like, look, if that's what makes you happy, then Mazel Tov, go for it. But mm. you need to know that that's, like, that's going to hobble you. And if you have goals that are greater than that, then you need to realize that all the money you spend on fancy crap is just slowing you down mm. and making it less and less likely you're going to achieve those goals. And just like just hearing someone else say that, not even to me directly, reminded me of what my core values are and basically like instantly deleted the desire to buy a new car. <laughs> and I think like that's that's kind of a great indicator that something you want isn't actually something that's all that important to you mm. is if like a single sentence from somebody not even being spoken to you can can like wipe it out of your mind i i i think that is super impactful uh i couldn't agree more and i i think that this thing happens where uh often or i I, i've found in myself oftentimes the things that i want are much more of a now thing than like a a life thing or like a value thing like I, you know, and and very similar to how someone got something like, you know, or or just I I read something and I want this Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of in love with the idea now. But, you know, my mind is always passing through a million thoughts. Yeah. 
and and a shit would I be poor if I if I actioned everything, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and so so one like it's awesome that like uh, listening to Gary V was able to pull you back from like the precipice. But let's say you know you listen to Gary V two weeks after buying like a totally decked out Tesla for like I don't know whatever it goes for like eighty if it has like everything attached mm-hmm. right. So typically. You go there, you have to sign all this paperwork, commit to whatever things, maybe there's a bank loan involved. And, you know, there's this like whole thought that you're committed, but you're not committed, you know, because you could sell the car. Obviously, mm-hmm. you, you may lose some money. Obviously, the people around you will, be, will, will notice that you made a mistake, but maybe that's a good thing that they notice you yeah. made a mistake, right? And two, like, uh, what what is the cost of your pride? You know, mm. do you have to eat $80,000 or could you just eat $2,000 and be like, this sandwich is too big, I don't like the taste, whatever, and be done with it? I think people die for their pride. Mm. Like, I think there are people out there who they do not ask for help or they are so unwilling to you know, admit they made a mistake and go back on something that they actually get themselves in positions where they're like, they'll actually die. Yeah. You know, I think, I, I don't think that's hyperbole to say that. I think people actually do to get themselves in those kind of positions. You know, I'm sure there's stupid people out there that are like, I, I bet I could pee on this fence, <laughs> this electric fence. <laughs> it's just like, no, don't do it. It's like, well, I just said I'm going to do it. You, you know, know? And, and I'm perhaps, sure there are more realistic examples as well. It, you know, so like, and you have to like wonder like what's more embarrassing like you going out, buying a Tesla, bragging about it to everyone, you know, taking like pictures on Instagram and shit, like laying across the hood, like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever people do with Teslas and then selling it and what people think or being like 59 and a half and not being able to retire, but at least you got your pride. Right. <laughs> I mean, you'll never be able to retire. You're totally fucked financially for until you die. And you're going to die in a wooden box that gets like sunk to the bottom of the ocean. You know, it's like it's like crazy to, to discuss it like that. But I think uh, it, it's like more reality than than fiction. Yeah. And uh, another aspect of pride that I want to cover here. Is your bank account and like. Is the number of dollars you have in your bank account and the number of dollars you make per month. And I mm. guess even one level further, the like increase in dollars you make per month over time, is that a matter of pride for you? And is that, again, going against your core values? Mm. And I think that that third element there is especially uh, challenging for entrepreneurs to deal with because there is like this expectation that you're going to be making more money every Crushing year. Crushing it. You know, are you crushing it? Because, like, all your friends are crushing it, and you're going to go to this conference, and you're going to see your friends, and they're going to be like, hey, they just bought a Tesla, and they make $500,000 a year now. So, like, I know that you got into this business because you wanted to have a work-life balance, but now you need to work 18 hours a day Mm. because otherwise you're not going to be making as much money as your friends at the conferences. Like, that is also a matter of pride and comparing yourself to others. And, again, like, living for money or living for the external the external signaling factors that money provides you instead of what your real true core values are. Mm. And that's something I think about a lot when I listen to people who are in like the lifestyle business space, because I feel like 
you and I have sort of, and maybe you disagree with this, but I feel like mm. you and I have kind of gotten a little bit away from that that area of entrepreneurship. Mm. And maybe, I know you still have like a decent lifestyle. Like you're not like trying to grow a startup and like exit and do an IPO or anything crazy like that. But when I got into entrepreneurship, it was very much in like the whole, I want to travel the world and be location independent. Like the whole goal was to be free. Mm. And at least from a business goal. And eventually you get to a point where it's like you're hiring people and you're building systems and you're just like, it's no longer about pure freedom. Like mm. there's some there's some other aspect to it. And maybe it is purely just your mission and the fact that you want to scale because you know you can do more good in the world. But I think for most entrepreneurs, there's that, but there's also an element of like keeping score or like feeling like you need to be Im- improving on these, these external metrics every single year. Otherwise I, you're failing. You know, I, I would even to, to add to that or perhaps like to, to peel back a layer of the onion. So say uh, something terrible happened Thomas, and uh, you, for whatever it is, you were no longer able to travel, or it was extremely difficult. I don't know. Maybe you became morbidly obese, and they wouldn't accept you. Like you couldn't enter a plane door, or whatever, whatever it is. Like, uh, would you regret, you know, not traveling? I know that you went to Japan, and you had like the time of your life, and, and you've talked about it since. But but you've also not done a lot of traveling since, you know. Yeah. Would you regret, like, if, if if traveling was no longer an option for you, would you regret not having seen the world? Hmm. I think I would. There's a part of me that wants to say no. Like, I'll just the, the out pride part now. I think that might be the pride part. Yeah, actually, you, you, you know see what? what I'm getting at, though, right? Like, yeah, there may be like some pride aspect in like being the kind of person who wouldn't like wouldn't trouble themselves with regrets because those are stupid. But mm. I think I would regret it, actually. And, and like, uh, it, it, this is like maybe, so, so this like conversation that Laura and I had, which conversation is to use lightly, it spanned like many hours, but <laughs> it, you know, at the end of the day, uh, like we're on the same team and it's, it's really about like making sure that you're oriented towards what you really want and what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to lose sight of that. I, I know I yeah. do all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this is barely an episode about money and more just about core values and self-awareness. You know, um, there, there are people who uh, work their asses off and make a lot of money um, and have nothing to show for it and have essentially put themselves in a position that they're stuck in, in this, like, I don't know, like perpetual motion machine to, to fuel the consumption and the consumption is perhaps a result of being hun- unhappy or, mm-hmm. or whatever with, with the working situation. And, and it is just this like self-feeding disaster, you know? Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where uh, you're either going to realize when, when you're a burnt husk of a person, you know, or, or perhaps you could like stop the cycle sooner. Um, yeah, I mean, from a really simple vantage point, you know, if you're eating out every single night at fancy restaurants because you're so mentally exhausted from your job that you don't want to cook, but you still want good food, mm. you know, is is the expense from all those restaurants the reason that you have to keep working 
those long hours. Like yeah. It could be a vicious cycle. And and I, I've certainly lived that life to, to some degree, you know, and you talk about like the, the fire movement and um, I actually don't think a lot of people in the personal finance space listen, although I, I may be surprised, but, <laughs> but I kind of, uh, I kind I just find it funny because um, at the end of the day, like what makes you happy it are like challenges and just like relationships with people that are rewarding and, and all these like things that, that take a backseat to, to getting the dollar bills. And if you're, if you drop everything to, for the singular focus to like, I don't know, retire early and, and beat some metric, beat some random people online, like at the ends of the road, you're, you're going to have no job because you didn't need one anymore. And, and you're just not going to know what to do with yourself. Maybe. And I think that this is more complicated than than maybe we're making it out to be. Mm. Like, maybe we have this picture in our head of, the, of, like, the prototypical fire devotee. And this person wants to quit their job at 40 and they want to just, like, do what the typical, like, fantasy retirement thing is. But they want to do it for 20 extra years. Mm-hmm. I don't think that a whole lot of those kind of people exist. And I mean, when you look at somebody like listen, uh, like Mr. Money Mustache, like he could have just retired and dicked around forever, but he's building a thriving business instead. Mm. Um, the other thing is, I think most people who get excited about the concept of fire are excited because they're in a job that they don't necessarily enjoy. So I think it's a bit selfish or you know, it's it's coming from the wrong perspective of me, you know, working my my job as an entrepreneur with a lot of freedom, technically a lot of freedom, to be like, this is a stupid goal because I'm so fulfilled in my work and everyone else would be the exact same way. That like that's that would be very thick headed of me to assume. So you know, a lot uh, of people probably aren't happy with their jobs. But what I do want to say to finish here is maybe trying to just escape work altogether isn't the right tactic to be using maybe like you want to be trying to move towards work that you actually enjoy and perhaps fire is the way to do that because maybe you want to do work that doesn't necessarily make you a bunch of income but i think there may be some people out there who think like oh fire is fire is the one that i want to go for because they see like the glamorous stories of people who have succeeded with it and they don't think maybe it would be worth it to not be super frugal forever like for my entire 20s and 30s just to hit this arbitrary goal maybe instead i could work towards educating myself and moving towards work that i do enjoy even if it doesn't mean i can quote unquote Mm. retire at 40 and then i can actually enjoy my 20s and 30s give myself time buy the three-ply toilet paper (laughs) so so that was one of the things that i want to say is just you know right right now i think unemployment's at like 3.5 percent if there was ever a time to get a new job for a raise or to get a new job because you just hate the shit you're doing, like now, like this is the time, not not in like a month, not in like five months. Like you got to do that stuff now because one, maybe you'll make more money or just a lateral move, but you may make less and actually be happier because uh, like I was doing this calculation. This, this person I know is a lawyer. Um, and they make, I don't know, like $230,000 a year, some insane amount of money. But when you divide it out 
by the amount of hours they work, they actually per hour were making less than a lot of people I know. They just sold like all their time. They didn't just sell like 40 hours a week. Um, So I think one, like maybe, maybe switching what you put most of your time into your daytime hours uh, will make a big difference. But two, I also just want to say, uh, we talk a lot about like business stuff and whatever, and you're like, oh, entrepreneur life. Uh, Thomas, you work more hours and harder than most people ever do or want to do, and probably the stress levels as a result of all the things. So I don't want to like make it this, and, and me as well, and often, or, or just the, the stress of, it's it's not all rosy, right? It's, it was just the path that you took based on your personality. Like you're someone yeah. who, who can't stop. So this is like great shoes for you because if you can't yeah. stop, you might as well yield uh, as a result of someone who just never stops running. Well, I, I do know. know that I thrive on the stress. Mm, same. Like, I mean, it can get to be too much at times, but I thrive on stress and I know that it is much better for me than boredom. Mm. And I, I knew that when I was a kid, like I would much rather take like if I was being punished, I would much rather have been sent out to the backyard to pull weeds all day than be sent to like the corner to stand there for even 10 minutes. Yeah. And like when I got my first job, I was a cashier, but they always needed people to volunteer to go bring carts in. And I was always just like, yep, I'm, I'll do it. I will go out in blizzards. I don't care. <laughs> I would much rather go to carts than stand here and wait and just like be in one spot. So I, I want to take like a step back and, and perhaps like a good exercise because I think we got like really heady um, and, and for, for good reason, because I think that you really need to be reflective about this stuff, but take a step back and, and maybe not like jump in the deep end and just like go to your wife uh, and have her like, I don't know, beat you up for all the poor decisions you made. Maybe, maybe like on your own, you can go and think of like, what are like the last five things you bought? And like, were any of them stupid? Did they all need to happen? And, or perhaps even just like why it happened. Did you buy mm. like, did you buy the latest iPhone? Because the last time you bought an iPhone was the iPhone one and it was made of stone, you know, and it was just like this <laughs> old relic thing. Or did you just buy it because like, ah, I work and I have money. So I bought it. Um, and reflect on that, you know, yeah. may, maybe it's worth putting the, the dollar value to the amount of hours you had to work. And, and if you don't enjoy the hours that you're putting in, well, shit, like that, like if it took you, I don't know, 20 hours to buy this thing and you hated those 20 hours, you know, you'd be done with work 20 hours sooner if you didn't buy it. Yeah. That's how I used to see, um, CDs when I was in high school. It's like, all right, I make minimum wage. So this CD is two hours is it worth two hours of cashiering, <laughs> taking in carts? Green Ugh. day is always worth it, Thomas. <laughs> He's never a green day guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that's a good um, little mental hack to use. It's like think about things in terms of the work that it took to get the money. Because I definitely find myself looking at like the upgraded version of something I have that works just fine. And it's like, what's the real reason for getting it? Uh, it's like, I don't know, 1% better. And I have the money. So why not? And it's not really a good reason to buy something. Um, and on that note, I often find that the only time when the upgraded elements of some more expensive thing actually matter to you are like when you're buying it. Mm. Certain things 
it's like useful to buy the quality version. Absolutely. Like, you know, buy a road bike versus a Walmart bike. There's a big jump in quality there and you're going to notice it on a daily basis. But buying like a $700 road bike versus like a $3,000 road bike, if you're not a serious like racer, probably not going to make that big of a difference to you Mm. except for when you're sitting on your computer looking at stats reading bike reviews and bicycling magazine in the store and when you're you know on that high from buying it then you're going to be all happy that you spent the extra 2300 bucks but then you know six months down the line when you're out riding you're probably not going to notice a ton of difference Uh, my friend ryan was telling me about this with tvs he's like i like tvs it's kind of like tvs and home theater systems and stuff it's like sort of my my weakness or you know my vice but even I found myself realizing, like, at the end of the day, when I'm actually watching a movie at night, do I notice the difference between 4K and 1080? Maybe not. I notice it when I'm researching it. I notice it when I'm buying the TV. I notice it, you know, as I'm comparing or as I'm getting used to it. But six months down the line, I'm watching a movie or I'm playing some Fortnite. I don't notice it. So, uh, like, perhaps you could... Uh, like try like renting something before you buy it. And I don't know if mm-hmm. they, they still do this, but I remember back in the day, you used to be able to go to this place. They called it Blockbuster and you could rent <laughs> like a Sega Genesis or an N64 for like 48 hours, like, you know, 72 hours. Console? Yeah. And like, see, you know, if it was something that you wanted or, you know, yeah. whether, whether it was this bike, you know, around this area, you could rent like a city bike in New York and they have an equivalent in Hoboken for like a few dollars a day, maybe try renting the bike. You know, like I want to ride a bike, so I'm going to buy a bike. Why don't you say, I want to ride a bike. Let me rent it and see if I'm going to use it. And there's actually uh, this website. It's called fat llama and uh, you could rent pretty much anything on it. I like that domain. Right. Wait, Oh, it's one L. Yeah, so so if you go to Fat L A M A, um, I feel like they just couldn't get the domain they wanted because like the logo spells llama correctly. Yeah, but the domain is just Fat Llama with one L. Huh. But here's the thing. It's cool though. So it's awesome. Because so there are like sites and you, like obviously you could like rent someone's car and I forget all these sites. But on Fat Llama, like, you know, Thomas, you're like, oh, I really want this like latest and greatest uh, video camera thing because I need to make whatever videos. Uh, it Maybe it's like $30 for a day to rent it. And like literally everything is on the site. Um, and so perhaps like do a try before you buy. Like m- maybe uh, it changes your life. I don't know. That, that's actually a pretty good idea. So you already had me convinced because I have been considering buying a drone. Oh, I would. I always wanted a lot one, of drone uh, rental options here. 40 bucks a day to rent this person's drone. Like, and actually maybe my camera store would rent me a drone, but I've been wanting to try one out and it's like, it's like a thousand bucks. So I don't know. Like, it may help my business out, but it might be worth it to just rent it for a day and actually try it out. And, and dude, like, so, um, because you're talking about bikes and, uh, I know when you, when you came to New York, we did the city bike thing, but, uh, often yeah. one or two times, hopefully more times a year, we do this like whole ride up the West side of Manhattan 
all like from the downtown all the way up to like I don't know like Inwood and back. And uh, I want to love doing that, dude. It's awesome. And I think like the bike per person is maybe like thirty five dollars for the day. And you're like, well, Are you renting like a road bike. You know, it's 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 a decent bike. It's it's multi gear. It's not a city bike, right? No, no, no. It, like it has many yeah. gears. I guess it's a mountain bike with like tires that are appropriate for. Oh, okay. The side, yeah. Like because the, there's like bikeways, whatever. But you know, you could be like, well, thirty five dollars is a lot for the day, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than buying the bike. And yeah. and you pretty much you you're paying a premium, but it's aligning with your values because you're spending yeah. a small amount, you know, and you're doing something that makes you happy. And you're not committed to this yeah, exactly. object. Anyway, you think we've pontificated enough here? Yeah, yeah, I think we beat the shit out of it's this good, episode. It's a good word. Uh, cool. Well, if you want the show notes for this episode, you can go over to listenmoneymatters.com slash show. You can also tap our faces or do whatever gesture you need to do to bring the show notes up in your podcast listening app. And if you haven't downloaded a podcast listening app yet or you haven't subscribed to our show on there, if you're just like, weirdly listening to it in the web browser you should do that it makes it way way more convenient you just get the episode every single week apple podcasts on the iphone and google play i think on the android is the the kind of default ways to get them uh, and you can also find our toolbox with lots of apps and services that can save you money and services that you can make you money budgeting tools books that we recommend all kinds of great stuff all over at listenmoneymatters.com so check out those resources, check out the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>